Hey there, badass! Welcome to the Leading Rebels podcast, your bi-weekly dose of inspiring advice dished up by kick-ass female leaders. I'm your host, Catherine Dell, and this is episode 5, an interview with Mirto Lambrou, an architect and project manager. Mirto gives first-hand advice on how to lead in a male-dominated industry and how to give your intuition space to contribute instead of just relying on your head. I can't believe we're already halfway through the first season of the Leading Rebels podcast. I hope you've been enjoying the inspiring interviews so far. Today, I've got another great one for you. I chatted with Mirto Lambrou all the way in Cyprus. Mirto has worked at architectural firms in Greece and Cyprus and as a freelance architect and project manager. She has been involved in a range of projects, residential and commercial, architectural competitions, and more. Her passion project is Matrix, a research, collaboration, and productivity tool especially designed for architects, interior designers, and others in the construction industry. During the last year, she has been working on architectural projects, designing and attending to their construction, while acting as a project manager on a number of other projects and attempting to fit in her pottery, yoga, reading and all the beautiful things in life. Mirta is an architect and an innovator, creative and restless. As I'm sure you know by now, no need to write down notes. Just enjoy the conversation and head on over to leadingrebels.com slash five after the episode for all key takeaways and action points. Now let's get started. Well, Myrto, it's lovely uh, for you to meet with me today. We're doing another cross-countries uh, uh, connection here with you being in Cyprus and me being in Berlin. And I think you definitely have the better end of the deal here when it comes to the weather. Um, <laughs> but it was so great that, that we could make this work. And uh, maybe would you like to introduce yourself to the listeners and share a little bit about who you are, what your background is? Yeah, sure. Hi, to start with. My name is Mirto. I'm from sunny, summery Cyprus. I'm an architect and uh, I also double a bit in other things. So I have my own startup. Um, I'm also trying to work as a project manager for larger uh, construction projects. That's pretty much it. <laughs> so maybe diving right in or, or better said, going back to the beginning. If you think back a little bit, did you have like a first experience of leadership? Maybe was there a good example, a bad example, something that you first noticed about what it means to be a leader, so to say? I don't know if it was an example of formal leadership, let's say, but I think that I had very strong female role models in my family. So a mother that was very firm about doing good and leading the way for us, and a grandmother that would lay down the law no matter what it was. You cannot argue with her. So it kind of set the tone that that's how it is to have a strong opinion, to know what you want out of life and go forward with it and be a leader for the people you work with, but also the people you communicate on a on a personal level. That's yeah, I mean like personal examples also easily translate then into work, which is uh which is definitely a great way. And then maybe what was your first experience of being a leader yourself? I would say the the first instance where I recognized that I took on such a, a leadership role was in in working in project management. So in actually having a group of people who you had to organize to get the work done, but also motivate and keep them happy and look at what their personal aspirations are and translate that into work and a cohesive group to work with. Yeah, I think a bit, team building is, is one of those things that we always um, have to remember super important, um, that it's kind of your role to bring the people together. But looking back on that now that you've gained some, some time and experience and perspective, is there maybe a piece of advice you would have liked to give that first-time leader you? 
<laughs> That's a great question. I think it's about leading with the mind, but also leading with the feelings because people aren't machines. They come with their own baggage and that can be an advantage or a disadvantage. Uh, and I think that's a plus we have as women. We can lead with feeling as well. So that would be the, I think, early me tended to lead with the mind. Yeah, I think we, we try to do everything right. And we're used to be told that everything right is, you know, measurable results and all these things that are very analytical. And um, we maybe sometimes forget that leading people is also an emotional journey, not just delivering something tangible. Yeah, and also about intuition and how it comes into everyday everyday interactions with people. Yeah, absolutely. Those accumulate. What was maybe then in, in that sense, um, did you have like a big learning moment or uh, maybe a success or something that uh, stuck out to you over the years? I think a very important moment for me was I was studying for my MBA, having worked a few years and leading a team at the time. And... I met with very important people while at the MBA, and they helped me realize that I could actually lead people effectively and helped me understand my strengths and weaknesses and move past my own inhibitions and hopefully become a better leader. So that was it. I think it's about meeting uh, role models who can see they have an outside perspective of ourselves, and then they help. they helped me in any case, look at myself better, more clearly. That's super interesting. How did they, was there a specific way that you did this or did they just observe you, so to say, and then give, give, give you feedback and maybe tell you things that you had noticed before or was there maybe a more formal way this happened? I think it started off in a formal way because you're in a classroom environment. There was a lot of soul searching within because obviously in leadership classes, they always teach you uh, how to discover things about yourself and then use them. But it became very obvious to me that leadership was an issue. I was very curious about how you led people. So that kind of led me into approaching these people in a more informal setting as well and start to ask questions and basically forced them to give me personal feedback and guidance. And the fact that I could learn the lesson one day and apply it the next it became a very strong motivation in getting better every single day. Did you notice a change in your working environment when you started kind of adapting your, your style? I noticed that people would trust me with more, more responsibilities. It was easier for them to, to give me the responsibility, trust that I would get it done, and trust that I would have people following me willingly. But of course, it sounds as if this was an overnight thing, it wasn't. It took months of working on it until I realized that there was an actual end result to this. Yeah, but the, that incremental progress can sometimes go a little bit undetected until you look back on it and say like, oh, yeah, yeah that did happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you finish something big and then it dawns on you that something quite big has happened. Yeah, that's, that's definitely true. And I'll be interested, what kind of, if you were saying that they kind of discovered or made you aware of your strengths and your weaknesses, did they maybe uh, draw attention to one of those things that you didn't have so conscious before? Did, did you have maybe a couple of examples of what those things were? It's like I told you in the beginning, I tried to operate very logistically and going with head first. So it was a very rude awakening when pe people that I considered leaders in communication or leadership started talking to me about the feelings and my intuition when it came 
to other people's feelings as if they could see this part of myself that I couldn't. So this outside perspective kind of forced me to rearrange the way I saw people and treated people. Yeah, super interesting that that shift has happened, I would say, because before maybe there wasn't such an impetus on feelings, but now people do value them and see them as a valid point of leadership. Yes. And then maybe I'm going to take a little bit of a left turn, <laughs> but I'll be super interested in maybe your background in architecture. What what got you started? I was quite lucky because in school I was good in sciences and math, but a realization dawned on me at quite an early age that I didn't want the path of a scientist. I wanted something that could combine sciences and a creative outlet for myself. And architecture came as an idea and it became a passion and a true calling for me. And I haven't looked back since. That's really interesting. And also, I think we, we kind of a little bit pre-discussed this, that, you know, architecture is still one of those fields that unfortunately is, uh, we're going to say, still very male-dominated industry. What was your experience working there and, and you know, being your, all your career in this area? There's a very interesting disconnect because while you're in the academic world, there are a lot of women architects. It, it also, it, it kind of teaches you to, to operate in such an environment and then you move on to the professional world and you start going to site visits and it's maybe 99% males there. There's a very interesting power struggle say a thin soft-spoken woman walking into an environment with builders who are masculine strong with uh, loud voices and they need to be able to respect my authority within a site which isn't easy at all i've seen people disrespect women in this kind of environment it's usually a real struggle to get people to Take you seriously, follow your instructions, because that's your role there as an architect, I mean. I would be saying, what, what have you found works for you that to make them pay attention, so to say? Knowing what you're talking about, because at the end of the day, uh, you're the person responsible for, for the success of a project, let's say. If you go at the site or actually at any workplace associated with the construction industry and you're well read up on the project, uh, you know what's best for the project, and you're firm in your opinions, it tends to come across to the people eventually. It's not always an easy task, but it does come across. Absolutely, yeah. I think that's obviously, knowledge always gets respected regardless from who it's coming from. And then you also mentioned something that I found very interesting. You said that you kind of witnessed them disrespecting other women in this setting. I wonder how you would react in something like that. I was at this conference recently and this woman recounted the situation where there was one woman who said she was alone in a boardroom full of guys and one of the men made some sort of comment about her underwear. And she was kind of like, <laughs> okay, well, you know, and everybody was like, hey, how would you react? And her tactic was an interesting one. Um, she said she asked another man at the table if he thought that was okay. So he basically passed on, like, basically, you know, the one guy made the comment to her, and then she turned to somebody else and said, do you think that is an acceptable comment to be making? And kind of put somebody else, uh, I guess, that the other guy saw as his equal in quotation marks on the spot there. So that was an interesting tactic, but I think that doesn't quite work, maybe, in your setting. So um, I would just wonder how you would react or, or, or they, those people have reacted when, when you see somebody being disrespect, disrespected or you have been disrespected. Okay, I don't think I had 
quite such such good reaction, let's say, to it. Uh, the very first time I was an intern and I was um, at a construction site with another women architect and she would go around, give instructions to the workers. And as soon as she would turn around, they would come to me and I was the intern with her and say to uh, say to me, we don't understand how she can come here and order us to do things. And I was... I was dumbstruck because that's her job. Yeah. You wouldn't say that for a man architect walking within a construction site. And I think my reaction has been that I try to talk to all the women I see in uh, that have to do construction site work. I just talk to them about being firm and being assertive and basically not allowing anybody to push them around. Because I think we need to be the change we need to see in this kind of environment. It's not about, let's say, enabling such behavior. Um, I mean, it, I don't think it's about, in, in that kind of environment, I don't think it's about smart comebacks. I mean, obviously, it would put a lot of people in their place. But I think it's about establishing a powerful position there, making yourself count. And what actually what I also love about what you said is, it's not about just you as an individual, but the fact that you talk to others serves like on the one side, of course, a purpose that you share knowledge and you share experiences and you, of course, help others. And then you also make people feel less alone because I think very often we get a little bit caught in our heads and think like, oh, it's just me, like me yeah. as a person, they don't respect or, you know, it's we see it as a very like us against the world, so to say. And by having these conversations and being like, hey, it's not you this is a thing that we have to unfortunately still deal with and let's work together on like stopping this and you know changing it I think that that unity and that community in that sense also is a huge huge important thing to know that there is somebody who shares their experience who you can also go to afterwards and be like oh this happened and, <laughs> and you know have a conversation about it and not feel like completely isolated I think it also becomes a kind of social experiment because we know what we are worth within the industry. So it's about how our behavior will start to shift uh, attitudes. Yes, absolutely. And have you seen a difference though? I'm, I'm just wondering, maybe you haven't, but have you seen over the years, has there a shift taking place or has, is it now the same that it was uh, before? I want to give credit to to the people I work with now. I think I've been very fortunate. I find people who are um, who don't operate in that way, who do pay respect to um, to women architects. So maybe there is a change. I'm not sure if it's universal. There's still a lot of work to be done on this. But yes, I'm I'm very pleased to be working with amazing people right now. Okay, that's that's always good to hear that there is, I mean, and, and I think it's also always important to also say that there is, of course, it's not all bad in quotation marks, um, doesn't mean that uh, <laughs> it's all good, but <laughs> I think it is valid to also um, always, always remember those people, and I think that is great that there are those examples, and, you know, there are also allies, and you don't feel completely alone in this, <laughs> in this situation. No, I think that for sure we're at a, at a point in time where there's a lot of change happening, and that's what I mean by us being agents to this kind of change and celebrating the kind of people who have embraced this change is also part of our contribution. Yes, absolutely. And I mean, it's also kind of the, the whole point of this podcast is that you have these conversations that people listen to, that they share and take to heart and hopefully then spread, spread the change even wider.
Yeah. Looking back at your experiences, I'm wondering if since that time you were the first time leader and the leader there you now, I think one key thing you said is definitely uh, trust your feelings more and not, not just operate with your head. Is there any other ways that maybe your leadership style has evolved since then and how you do things now? I'm trying to evolve. I'm trying to micromanage less. I'm trying to empower people more because at certain environments, it becomes easier to do something for people rather than teach them how to do themselves. So I don't know if I'm there yet, but I'm working a lot on evolving in this way. Yeah, I got a, that, that reminds me very interesting of a, of a book I read. And I think the advice, it was this, um, Simon Sinek, actually, I think leaders eat last. And his advice was basically, if you're in a leadership position, you need to remember that you got there because you were really good at doing something. So, of course, the people that you're managing are not as good as you at doing these things. So sometimes, yes, it can be easier to just say, okay, I'll just do it. <laughs> But that, of course, is not the, the point of, of that position. It's sometimes, it sometimes takes more time and it can feel a bit more difficult to really sit down and teach people things. But in the long run, it does help everybody more. And it helps everybody achieve more because the power of a strong group of individuals working together, it multiplies possibilities for all of us. So it is about getting everybody to learn new skills, but also feel empowered to do more things and take on more responsibility and make the group more capable as a group. It's not just about the individuals. It's not just about the leader. It's about the group. Absolutely. And I think that's been the theme in the conversation that when we work together as a group and help each other and help each other grow, then everybody benefits. And that maybe ties in into if you have a main three or just the main couple of things you think a leader should focus on. If somebody says like, oh, there's so many things I can, uh, you know, try to learn and try to be better at. Is there some things I think, like, hey, here are the key things that will be really important for you to remember? First of learning about yourself. Understanding what your strengths and weaknesses are is extremely important. And acknowledging, especially your weaknesses, and acknowledging them to your group as well. And then I think it's about being consistent in habits that will make you better. And communication. Observing people, listening to people, trying to understand their own specific uh, condition and being there for them, supporting them and helping them in uh, not just in work, but in life, too. Those are really definitely, definitely good points. And maybe tying into with the, with the learning and uh, keeping on exploring, is there um, a resource or resources, maybe a book or a tool or something that you found was really helpful or inspirational for you on leadership that you would recommend to others? Um, right now, I'm especially enjoying a book called Tools of Titans, by Tim Ferriss, uh, which has uh, examples of leaders and uh, their everyday habits and uh, not habits just as in everyday process. It's about everyday habits. So let's say how you take your coffee, if you do your bed every morning, but it's also about mental habits, about being grateful of the things you have, of uh, looking for meaning in your life. That's what I'm enjoying right now. And I feel like it teaches me a lot. And gives me a lot to think about in any case. Do you have any habits that um, you found helpful? I try to do my yoga. I don't do it every day, but I try to do my yoga. And I try to write in a journal every day about the things that stress me out and uh, the problems that are real or in my head. Just 
to make myself feel more ready to address them head on. Yeah, I, I keep feeling like I, journaling is one of those things that I keep hearing, and I'm like, I have to get better at that. I'm uh, <laughs> not very good at the consistency thing. I do start, and then like I just it wanes. But <laughs> I do hear from a lot of people that if you do it consistently, it really makes a difference. And yes, but I'm definitely on board with the yoga. Also, not every day, but um, every time I do do it, it definitely feels better. For me, it started off as insomnia by anxiety. So I try whenever I get this anxious feeling at night to write things down, to kind of get them off my head in a way. You have them written there in the morning, you look at them and you address them head on. And obviously, I don't think I'm, I'm at the consistency I would have liked either, because it takes time to build that kind of habit. Yeah, I think the the rule for like 30 or 90 days or something like that uh, never quite worked with me. But uh, I think it's I think it's also important to remember that it's not about perfection. It's about just keep going um, and not just let one or one day, one week, one year, whatever of missed doing something mean you never do it. As long as you you know do it again. No, and I also think that hardworking people and ambitious people are very hard on themselves on themselves so you miss a day of journaling and you beat yourself up but in reality it's part of life things get in the way and we need to learn to forgive ourselves also yeah that's i think that's very true and i've heard that with a lot of people that i've talked to in leadership positions that being kind to yourself is often more challenging than being kind to others yeah <laughs> definitely agree <laughs> yeah um, and kind of tying into that, is there maybe something that you want to leave for women with, like parting advice? There's one thing you would like to say to them to end with. I would say trust your voice and uh, the inside voice and uh, lead with that. And success is ours. I think that we're moving into a new era and the women will be leading change and people going forward. I truly believe that. I'm 100% with you on that. <laughs> well, thank you so, so much for taking the time. It was a really, really great conversation. And yeah, much success with all the ventures, which sounds super exciting. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you for doing this, highlighting women leaders. enjoy this behind the scenes look at a kick-ass female leader's journey. You can find all key takeaways and what actions you can take to unleash the baddest boss within you, plus more on today's guests in the show notes. And the fun doesn't stop there. The Leading Rebels tribe is full of badass female leaders. Become a part of the community to connect with them. Join us on Instagram and Facebook. All links also in the show notes. Thanks for tuning in.